welcome to the Faith, Health, and Home Digital Podcast. I am your host, Makeba Giles. Here we share information and resources for physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being to help families live an inspired lifestyle and encourage healthy living. Thank you for joining us. Well, today we are focusing on holiday eating in a special two-part segment. First up is how us home chefs can cook up scaled-down yet exciting alternatives during this holiday season of smaller gatherings. Former Top Chef finalist, chef and author Kevin Gillespie is with me today to share some recipes and tips for creative holiday menu planning that is scaled to fit smaller gatherings. And he is joined by Kara Belke, Director of Nutrition and Dietetics at the National Pork Board. Thank you both for joining me today. Hello, thank you. Uh, first, Kara, tell us how the global pandemic has changed the way that people think about food, cooking, and eating this year. Yeah, well, research shows what we already know, that more people are cooking at home than ever, and more people are cooking from scratch. So today we are going to be sharing with you some tips and tricks for spicing up your holiday menus or your menus year-round, just to help beat any of that recipe fatigue now that we're cooking home more than ever. Yes, perfect. Now, Kevin, um, tell us what kind of things can home cooks do to inspire creativity in the kitchen, especially as the holidays approach? Right. Well, it can be tough sometimes to break out of the monotony that we've all sort of built over the last few months. I like to tell people to you know, start small. So take a recipe, take a dish that you know incredibly well, that you know inside and out, and use that as the basis for experimentation. So maybe that's changing some of the spices, maybe it's changing some of the preparation methods, maybe it's bringing in a new side dish to serve alongside it. Either way, stepping outside of your comfort zone just a little bit can be all it takes to get those creative juices flowing and present the opportunity for creating brand new memories. I love that advice there. Now, you have some wonderful ideas to share with us today for our holiday menu planning. What have you prepared to show us? Absolutely. So for me, I like to choose the destination as my inspiration. You know, I can't travel, as it were, directly right now, but I can still use my food to travel. And so today's menu is inspired by one of my favorite places in the entire world to visit, especially this time of year, and it's Vienna, Austria. And so we are starting with a beautiful loin of pork that we butterflied open, and then we filled with dried fruits and spices uh, and bread, and we rolled it back onto itself, almost like a pinwheel, and then roasted it whole. It makes a really beautiful, really elegant presentation for the holidays. And we have some side, side dishes that are inspired by the area as well. We have an Austrian-style potato salad with kale and brown butter. We have a Viennese braised red cabbage that we've cooked in mulled wine with cinnamon and allspice and citrus juice. We have a really nice, beautiful, light cucumber and carrot salad with a lot of chopped dill and yogurt. It's a really nice contrast to the richness of the pork. And then, obviously, we have to have a dessert. It's a celebration. It's apple season right now. And so we're making a really beautiful caramelized apple trifle with gingerbread and vanilla custard. That's just a beautiful way to round out the meal. I love it. I love it. So delicious and so delightful. Now, um, we know that we have to scale back this year due to the pandemic, and a lot of us home chefs are used to cooking those huge meals. So um, give us some tips on how we can scale back our holiday meals that usually would have been for 20 or more people. Just do a party of maybe four or five people this year. Well, it can be really challenging to scale down for everyone, including for chefs. 
what I like to tell people is start with the main protein, for example. So let's just say you were going to cook a big, giant crown roast of pork for 20. Well, maybe now is the year to consider the same dish, but to take it to a cut that's naturally smaller, like perhaps a boneless loin of pork that's only a pound or two would be more appropriate for feeding four or five people. The other opportunity here is to embrace leftovers. I mean, it sounds kind of simple, but the reality is that leftovers can be the jumping off point for the next day's meal, and there's a lot that can be created out of what's in front of you. Like this roasted loin of pork, for example, is beautiful the way that it is right now, but it's going to be amazing tomorrow when we shave it thin and we serve it on a nice toasted buttery bun and create probably one of the best sandwiches you could ever imagine. I love those ideas, and I love how you're sharing how we can use the food in different ways, and especially um, as we go into this new normal. That's extremely helpful since we have to scale down us traveling out and about, even to the grocery store. So thank you for sharing that. Now, um, Carol, we've talked about the food. Now let's talk about some um, memorable moments, because we know that's about the holiday season as well. So what advice do you have for creating those memorable moments celebration over food when the holidays look so different for us this year? Well, my best advice is get the family involved in the kitchen. So get, gather everyone around, assign different tasks, different responsibilities, and get busy cooking. I think it's a great way where you are bonding, you're creating new memories for a lifetime, but also, most importantly, you're creating lifelong skills that they will remember with them into adulthood. So knowing how to cook from scratch is very valuable. As well as as a dietitian, I think it's a perfect time to talk about nutrition. You can talk about healthy habits, and like we did today, we, we thought about our menu and how we could pair together fruits and vegetables because they're packed with fiber, um, as well as the pork that has the protein. So as you're cooking, you're having these conversations, you're teaching your kids something very valuable that is sure to stay with them for a lifetime. I love that. Thank you so much for that. Now, uh, more about what we're talking about here, which is trying to do creative new things. Now, we know that people are um, used to their traditional ham or turkey or even beef. Tell us why pork is such a wonderful and perfect alternative for the season this year for your menu. Well, this year especially, we all need something to help us break out of the rut, as it were. You know, and we can't go get on an airplane and fly to some exotic locale, but we can still travel through our food. Pork is the number one protein consumed around the world. And so if we use that as a basis for experimentation, we can literally look at a map, choose a destination we've always wanted to visit, learn a little something about their food culture, and then get in the kitchen and experiment. Use those sort of far-flung locales to inspire new meals and hopefully to inspire new traditions in the long run. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that, too. And Kara, tell us, where can people go for everything that is seen here, which looks delicious, and um, for those recipes, as well as for more information on how they can create those creative meals this year? Check out pork.org backslash real pork. You'll find these recipes as well as other tasty inspiration that is sure to tantalize your taste buds and make sure that it gathers everyone around the dinner table where all these benefits can be developed. Perfect. And Chef, tell us where people can follow you on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on all of the uh, platforms of social media at Chef Kevin Gillespie. 
uh, and tune in. I'm constantly posting new recipes, uh, including a really fun thing that showed up today where we're uh, working with the National Pork Board on the Pork Passport Program, where I, in fact, did cook alongside a chef in Hungary. So really talking about this traveling through food, he and I cooked virtually, and it was really spectacular. So please follow me there. Oh, wow, so exciting. We will definitely be tuning in to that as well and following you there. And again, for more information, visit pork.org slash real pork. You can find all the recipes showcased here, there, as well as more information on other things to make your holiday menu healthy and happy this year even during the pandemic also be sure to follow along with chef kevin gillespie all across social media and his handle is at chef kevin gillespie i want to thank both of you so much for joining me today it's been a pleasure and i wish you a happy holiday thank you thanks yeah Well, we are wrapping up our special two-part segment focusing on holiday eating. And in our first segment, we talked about how to celebrate with big meals, sweets, and sometimes drinks this holiday season while scaling down due to the pandemic and how to make that special. But now we're going to talk about what should you do if your stomach and digestive issues start acting up during these holiday gatherings and how you can tell if your stomach discomfort and digestive issues are the result of holiday indulgence or something more serious. Our guest now is gastroenterologist Dr. Raj and she's here to explain what's normal and what's something that's a signal of something that may be more serious this holiday season during your holiday gatherings. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Now, uh, first, doctor, can you tell if some stomach discomfort that you may be experiencing this holiday season as you um, go to your gatherings, how can you tell if that discomfort is from just um, normal digestive issues or if it's something of um, holiday indulgence or if it's maybe something even more serious than that? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, we have this stretch from Thanksgiving through New Year's Day, which is really just a a whole stretch of overindulgence, as you said, and the parties and the events. And even during the pandemic, people still feel this license to kind of eat richer foods and sweets and things that they might normally not indulge in. They're going for it during this season. We know that. And so many people will experience some bloating or abdominal distress or pain. And the question is, when do we have to pay closer attention to it, or when can we chalk it up to just, you know, eating the wrong things? And a couple things to look out for. One is the the pattern and the frequency of your symptoms. If you're having these symptoms often enough that they are really, you know, having an effect on your daily activities, on your ability to sleep, for example, or if it's difficult for you to get up and go to work or to do your exercise because you're not feeling well, that's certainly a reason to pay closer attention and, and talk to your doctor. Another thing to pay attention to is the, the timing and are there certain food triggers in a condition called EPI or you're having more issues with fat content of your meals. These are also things to pay close attention to. Absolutely. Now, um, you discuss um, EPI could be a condition, and I know um, that's one as well as um, even 
um, unknown Crohn's may go undetected. So for those who may struggle with stomach and digestive issues, can you provide some tips to help them make responsible meal decisions during this holiday season? Absolutely. So for, for all of us, there, there are some very useful tips during this time of year. And one is to not go to any holiday event or meal on an empty stomach. Because too often people think, well, if I skip breakfast and I skip lunch, then I can eat whatever I like later on. And then they pay for it afterwards because they feel really lousy. So I recommend having a healthy, balanced meal earlier in the day, something where that has some protein, some healthy fat and carbs to really keep you sustained so that when you go to that event, you're not starving. You are able to exercise some willpower. Yes, you're still going to enjoy your meal, but you could say no after that first or maybe even that second helping. You're not going for the third, fourth, or fifth. You know, So that's one tip. The other thing is to try to stay active during this time. So again, if we're talking about Thanksgiving through New Year's, that's, that's a big chunk of your, your year. So this is not a time to let your exercise routine fall by the wayside. Really try to maintain it. And in particular, those days that you are indulging, to try to keep moving a bit. So even though when that food coma sits in, all you want to do is lay down on the couch and watch football or, or go to bed right away, you don't want to do that. You want to stay upright if possible and even take a walk. This is a great way to help your digestive tract keep moving and move things along properly. But, you know, that's talking about the regular um, kind of overindulgence. For people who have specific digestive disorders, this is definitely a time to be, pay close attention to what you're eating. Go prepared to those gatherings. Bring your own food if necessary. Don't, you know, rely on your host or hostess to provide what you need to have a healthy and, and enjoyable experience. So bring your own. And again, talk to your doctor. Um, there are many conditions, like you said, that maybe you were not even aware of until this time of the year when you started to feel worse, one of which is EPI, which I'm happy to partner with Ambion today to really raise awareness about this condition. And I love the tips that you shared there um, as well, especially the one about um, talking to your doctor to make a plan before you head out to these gatherings um, in terms of um, eating and, and what you plan to eat during these gatherings and also keeping active during the gatherings as well, um, even playing some family games that um, not just board games, but ones that get, have you to get up and move around is a great way to stay active during those gatherings as well. Now, we're talking about health conditions, and you mentioned EPI that um, you're here to talk about today. Tell us a little more about what is EPI and what are the symptoms that people should be looking out for. Sure. So EPI stands for Exocrine Pancreatic Insufficiency. And that's a condition where your pancreas does not produce enough pancreatic enzymes. These are the enzymes we need to digest our food properly. So if you have EPI, you may experience things like abdominal pain, weight loss, bloating, diarrhea. You may notice a change in your stool so that it's floating or it's difficult to flush. And, you know, some of the symptoms I just mentioned are actually common to a lot of GI issues, things like Crohn's disease, for example, or, or IBS. So it's very important to speak to your doctor. It's not easy to identify this on your own. And there's also a great resource, which is a website, identifyepi.com, which has a wonderful symptom checker, which can also be very helpful in cases like this. Thank you for that. Now, um, as you said, you know, it can be hard to detect. So tell us a little more about what should people do if they notice that they're experiencing some of the symptoms that you mentioned, especially um, after these holiday gatherings are over? 
Well, one thing I find very helpful in my own practice is when patients have written down what they've been experiencing. Because it's not easy when you go to the doctor. First of all, you're a little bit shy or embarrassed to talk about this stuff to begin with. And then you're trying to recall what happened two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It's not easy for any of us. So writing down when you don't feel well, you know, what you experienced in terms of your symptoms and also what you ate that day. And a great way to keep track of this is actually use what's called a food diary where you write down consistently for a week or two everything you eat every day and how you're feeling every day. And if you go to your doctor with that information handy, that's very helpful for them because they now they have really all the tools they need in conversation with you as well to really get to the bottom of what's happening. Perfect. Thank you so much for everything you shared today. And for more information on everything we discussed, as well as to um, take a look to see if you may be suffering from EPI or just suffering from some of those symptoms, you can visit identifyepi.com. There's lots of information there as well as um, resources to help you figure out if that's what may what you may be experiencing this holiday season. And then if you do experience these symptoms, definitely contact your healthcare provider so that they can go ahead and try to determine that for you and then make a plan for your health going forward. I want to thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Raj. It's been a pleasure, and I wish you the happiest of holidays. Thank you very much. Happy holidays to you. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith, Health, and Home Digital Podcast. For transcripts of this episode and others, visit our website at faithhealthandhome.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Thank you again for joining us.